Sporty dog fitness drills for you and your dog flashing ad in the corner. The sporty dog? Seriously, there's people, you know, I step over homeless people on the way home and the sporty dog. Okay, our priorities are so out of whack in this country. Doors are made for opening. God damn, don't do yo- what, dog yoga? Fuck! Fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. Ha <laughs> I hope your dog drags you by your face. I really do. I really fucking do. Drug by your fucking face. I cannot tell you when it all began. I have always been plagued by sleep paralysis. I have somewhat learned to deal with it. To recognize it for what it is and wait it out. It always begins with the need to yawn or speak. But my mouth is shut and tight. And shut tight. <laughs> but my mouth is shut tight. It's so tight and shut. This is a short one, by the way. <laughs> But my mouth is shut tight. I then try to sit bolt upright, but my arms and body are clamped down to the bed. Sometimes my eyes are open. Sometimes I see things. Seeing things is always frightening. Tall, inhuman shadows that glare at me, grinning. Slender clawed hands stretching until I fully wake up. Then there are the times when I wake underneath my bed sheets. I feel the weight of the things as they kneel on my chest atop the sheets, pinning me down and shitting up. Just so you people know, I've had an incredibly uh, physically draining week at my job. And when I get tired, I get really filthy. So (laughs) I've learned apologizing is just bad. It just turns everything bad. If it's going to happen, it's okay. I just want you to know (laughs) if it seems a bit... Actually, it's probably not out of character at all. Yeah, I just... uh, I just feel the need to give you an explanation. <laughs> shitting, shitting on my chest. Uh, no, sleep paralysis again. No, I'm gonna wake up smelling like demon poop. No, what do you eat? The souls of sinners? God, oh, oh, it's wretched. Think about it, y'all. 
Demon poop would be the most heinous poop. Demon poop would be the most heinous poop. Demon poop would be the most heinous poop. <laughs> this is normal sleep paralysis. I have read that people from around the world have similar experiences. The horrific sights, the pressure on the chest of the victim. It's all in the mind of the sleeper. All a more intense version of a nightmare. Although terrifying, I have learned to deal with the turds constantly smeared across my chest and neck. <laughs> they rub it in my hair. This is normal sleep paralysis. I have learned to deal with them. The only thing is I couldn't find anything written about voices. Uh-oh, the things talk to me. Ooh, this is bad. Because it's already shitting all over you. <laughs> I'm rewriting it. I'm making it better. <laughs> if it really was a demon, it would hold you down and crap all over you. <laughs> Just terrible, runny poop that burns like acid and like, you know. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I love it. I'm writing my own version. Well, I guess I just already did, now, didn't I? Okay, the only thing is, I couldn't... <laughs> I've so got the sillies. The only thing is, <laughs> I couldn't... <laughs> I've seen things. <clears throat> I couldn't find anything written about voices. The things talk to me. Doors are made for opening. When they whisper to me, it's all they say. I never thought too much about it. It was just my Prozac. Actually, what uh, what was that shit I was on? I was on something where I quit it, and I, you weren't supposed to. Like, quit it cold turkey, but it was scaring me, so I quit it. Oh, Paxil. I was on Paxil. You know that stuff that makes people kill themselves? Yeah. Yeah. That shit's real. <laughs> I totally know where this is coming from. Uh, it's probably also carbon monoxide poisoning because that's I had night terrors because of carbon monoxide poisoning. So uh, that's where this like this is Paxil mixed with carbon monoxide poisoning and probably too much ghost hunters or something, right? Uh, old hag syndrome, uh, X Files. Doors are made for opening. When they whisper to me, it's all they say. I never thought too much about it. They were just my nightmares. In hindsight, I wish I had paid more attention to the things. They did not always piss on me, kneel on me. They did not always smear sh talk to me. But they did not always open my wardrobes and cupboards either and shell over everything. <laughs> the first few times I, that I awoke normally to find my wardrobes and cupboards open, I assumed I'd left them that way and shit all over them myself. When I went to bed, the past four days, however, I have hardly slept. Fighting insomnia the first night, I lay in the semi-darkness. That night, the wardrobe drawers... That... <laughs> that night, the wardrobe doors swung violently in front of me, like seppo, and I remained frozen in fear until the sun came up. The second night, I had tried, hyphen, and failed, hyphen, to sleep downstairs. Lying there, I heard the wardrobe doors fly open once more above me. I had flicked the lights on and stood in my living room. Images of ghosts or droughts or poltergeists or minor earthquakes rustling for my attention. You must realize, 
Over the years, I have learned to separate my sleep paralysis episodes and understanding them to be nightmares and nothing more. You mustn't judge me, but as I stood there in my living room, awake, I understood more than I ever wished to. Doors are made for opening. The harsh whisper, so close to me. It was only when I reached my hotel room later that night after running from the house that I discovered it. I've no idea when it was drawn. Just a few lines. Unmistakably a door, marked in charcoal on my chest. I tried to wash it off, but the stain remained, and it's still there. I have been in this hotel room for two days now, always with the lights on and always awake, except for whenever it was, I must have succumbed to exhaustion and fallen asleep. I'm awake now, but this whole ordeal is going to be over soon. How do I know? Because I can't scream. Because I can't move my body. And because the grinning things with clawed hands are now looming over me, whispering to me. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Put the lotion in the basket. Doors are made for opening. Open your doors. The Creepy Podcast, Episode 10, Story 2, How to Talk to Yourself. Make it make sense. This pasta is called How to Talk to Yourself. This is new. Uh, the estimated reading time for this post is 7 minutes, comma, 9 seconds. Well, we'll just see about that now, won't we? <laughs> Ooh, this one has a rating, too. Goodness. How many pumpkins? It's a lot of pumpkins. So, uh, let's get it on. This is, a. Uh, worth of awesomeness we're about to be balls deep in. The first thing you should know about me is that I'm very faint of heart. There's a pamphlet I've been looking for a while now. For for. There's a pamphlet. Pam. There's a pamphlet I've been looking for for a while now. I remember coming across it a while ago while I was a child. <laughs> I'm sorry but this language, uh, this, this word choice is really making me laugh right now. Okay. The pamphlet I've been looking for for a while now. So there's two fours right there. Looking for for a while now. I remember coming across it a while ago. So we've got four for a while, a while ago. It's just like, uh, I'm stumbling. All right. We will regroup. We can rebuild. There's a pamphlet I've been looking for for a while now. I remember coming across it a while ago. There's a pamphlet I've been looking for for a while now. I remember coming across it a while ago, while I was a child. I was at the doctor's office, the waiting room, getting a physical. The year was 2002. I was born in 1996. That's when I saw it. Strewn within the other celebrity or glamour magazines, it peaked out with one single gray corner. This is fucking suspenseful. <laughs> <laughs> It's giving me the sillies. Okay, hold on a second. That's when I saw it. Strewn within the other celebrity or glamour magazines. It peeked out with one single gray corner. Hi, sailor. <laughs> Why don't you pick me up and just spread my pages and find out what's in me? It was almost like it was looking at me. I picked it up and read the title. How to Talk to Yourself. By a man named Roger Harrison. There was no graphic just the white background and the aerial font 
reading the title and the author. To this day, I've never been able to find out who the mysterious Roger Harrison was. I've spent many countless hours on the internet browsing for someone, anyone who remotely matched my quarry. Last week, I found a tattered piece of paper plastered to a sewer grate. <laughs> I found a tattered piece of paper plastered to a sewer grate. Seriously, seriously, your words are killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> Last week, I found a tattered piece of paper plastered to a sewer grate. Colors running from the recent rain. I picked it up and read the title. <laughs> Your sentences sound like 90s indie songs. Please, colors running from the recent rain. Just write poetry. Seriously, just fucking write poetry. <laughs> you have the soul of a poet. Do you know it? Last week I found a tattered piece of paper plastered to a sewer grate. Colors running from the recent rain. I picked it up. Comma, and I read... And I, <laughs> somehow I feel like this is going to take more than seven minutes, nine seconds. I knew it. I knew it. And I also know the answer to the question, how to talk to yourself. Start reading this story, because sooner or later you will be talking to yourself, because that's what I'm doing right fucking now. Okay, the tattered piece of sewer gray colors running from the recent rain. I picked it up, comma, and I read the title. It was the very same pamphlet from my childhood. That's fucking creepy. Is anyone else creeped out? I think I might have actually pooped in my pants. Like, the coincidence is staggering. Seriously. Literally. Seriously. Literally. Shitting myself right now. Shitting myself. Shitting myself. Shitting my fucking pants because it's the same pamphlet. It was the very same pamphlet from my childhood. The one I remember so very clearly. That one day, in the waiting room, I am a patient boy. I wait. I wait. I wait. I wait. Please don't leave me to remain. Everybody move it. Everybody move it, move it, move it. I quickly stuffed it in my bag. Hey, put it in the bag. I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Ooh. Is that code for something? Is stuffing it in his bag mean something else? <laughs> oh, it's been a long day at work and my mind is in the gutter. It's in the literal gutter. I think he put it in his butthole. I hope he did. Everybody move it. Everybody move it, move it, move it. That would create a real sense of drama. I continued home, attempting to forget the pamphlet that was lying in my bag, you lying, cheating pamphlet. Perhaps I'd save it as a bit of memorabilia. Perhaps I'd trash it. Ew. You're getting real John Crawford all of a sudden here about this pamphlet. <laughs> I walked a little faster now. I was on a sidewalk near the outskirts of the city. I live in a small, yellowing apartment in what you could call the fringes of the city. The building is gray and covered in ivy. I arrived at my building. I slid my key into the lock and opened the door with a creak. I felt the sudden urge to read this pamphlet. I brushed it off. Cold shower. Oh, pamphlet. With every step I took up the stairs, I could feel the sensation building more and more and more until I eventually could not take it anymore and broke into a sprint to my apartment. I opened the door, took off my backpack, and grabbed the pamphlet out. Fucking old girl. Dirty, filthy girl. You and your pamphlet. Pamphlet hole for your pamphlet, Gloopy. The feeling of being watched 
had subsided now. Me being safe in my own home. Wearing. The skin of the people that I have killed. Making a nice steak, because, you know, I, I, I crave proteins. I really do. The foreman is just so easy. You can throw a couple fingers on there, too. You know, as long as you take the rings off, you don't mess up the foreman. It's great. The feeling of being watched had subsided now. Me being safe in my own home. My neighbors were playing loud music in the room above me. The urge to read... <laughs> the urge to read the pamphlet remained. My curiosity must have been getting the better of me. I slowly put the pamphlet down, almost reconsidering my decision, but instead decided to leave it on my kitchen table. I went into my bedroom and slid into my covers. The time was about 10.47 as I drifted off into a deep sleep. That night, I had a strange dream. I was in a large field, and there was a bunch of women around me wearing only robes, screaming and throwing little pickles at me. I was in a large field. The sky was gray and the grass was yellow and tall. I felt cold. The surroundings were desolate and foreboding. As I inspected the surroundings, I realized that this dream was incredibly vivid compared to most other dreams I have, which are just dull, like me. As my eyes scanned the horizon, I spotted something out of the corner of my eye, almost indistinguishable, but yet I could see every movement from afar. In the distance, I could see someone. They were entirely draped in a sticky shade of green. Whoever it may have been, they were twitching. <laughs> Almost uncontrollably. I attempted to move toward them, but it felt like my feet were stuck in something. Something soft and something warm. Gelatin? Vaseline? Oh, I know where you are. It's deep in the casserole, but I know where you are if you're stepping in gelatin and Vaseline. <laughs> the Walgreens in the Castro, I don't know if it still does, but at one point uh, had the most amazing wall of lubrication products for God knows what. <laughs> Holy cow! It's... You know, the same way that, like, people in the South buy mayonnaise and, like, the pump vat. Like, there's people here that buy lube in the pump vat. Does the... They need to be slippery. So much lubrication. <laughs> I heard a rustling behind me. A twig snapping. I whipped around and the dream went to black. The rest of the night, I had no dreams. Comma, and... I woke up shivering feeling strange. I brushed it off as a side effect of the odd dream. I dressed myself and brushed my teeth. I looked in the mirror. My skin was pale. Paler than I've ever seen. It looked as though all my blood had been drained from my body, leaving only the white skin. Oh, that's good. That's a good look. That's very in right now. I walked into the kitchen and I saw it. <laughs> it's a fucking pamphlet. <laughs> Dude, come on, man. It's like a chick tract. What, what is it? Is, is it about abortion or something? Or is it like how Jesus is your savior and you're being a dick by not like telling you you love him every day? What's going on here, man? It's just a pamphlet. How to talk to yourself. Hey, I walked into the kitchen and I saw it. The gray paper with its running colors still looking at me. I was suddenly very cold. The same cold from the dream. I was intimidated by a piece of paper. I don't know why. It was just so ominous, period. And strange, period. I had never felt this way about a piece of paper. 
Why would you? Why would you feel that way about a piece of paper ever? Why would you? Just asking. Just uh, just asking a question. Because I'm confused. I'm confused. Conf- I can't even form words anymore because of your story. I... <sighs> How to talk to yourself. Read the creepypasta story called How to Talk to Yourself. It only takes seven minutes and nine seconds. <laughs> All right, we're getting into the shit now. He's finally going to read this fucking thing. I decided to pick it up. I touched the pamphlet. <laughs> it's. I'm sorry, I've never actually done this before, and I mean the author of this, no disrespect, but this is just really silly. And <laughs> oh my god. I Okay, I'm fine. Mm. I feel so unprofessional. Usually I'm good, but I can't get through this. Ah, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm reading ahead. Oh no, it's not going to be okay. Oh, hold on. I, uh, okay. I decided to pick it up. I touched the pamphlet. It was ice cold. I opened it and read. You have a special somebody who lives in your lungs. They like you, but they are shy. They only come out when you are alone. Here is how you talk to them. Step one. Breathe deeply. Say hi. You are not afraid, are you? They like you. You don't have to be afraid. You won't hurt. I promise. We are smiling at you. I was confused. Say hi to the person in my lungs? Why are they living in my lungs? I won't hurt. Who was smiling at me? It was silent. Completely silent? I decided to do as the pamphlet said. I inhaled deeply and said, Hi. Softly. Nothing happened. Ain't nothing happening, yo. I decided to put the pamphlet away and save the rest of the reading for after work. I walked to work. I used nothing but words with W's. Walking to work, my co-workers were silent as they usually were. But instead of the typing of the computers or the woofing or the machines, there was woofing. Absolute dead silence. The kind... <laughs> okay, hold on. I'll reset. Absolute dead silence. The kind of silence that makes you go mad. It was... <laughs> <laughs> it was, as in the silence, that we have been referencing the dead silence, the kind of silence that makes you go mad. That silence was deafening. How ironic. I hastily finished my work and left the building to get a cup of coffee. I arrived home about an hour later. It was now 9.24. I love how specific this story is. Like, I, can, I, I feel like I could go back and retrace this, you know, find out exactly when and where it happened and just go live it. The pamphlet lay open on the table, tempting me to continue to read it. You foul, tempting pamphlet! I gave in to my temptations and picked it up, and I read. I read the fuck out of that pamphlet, fucking dirty pamphlet. I know all your secrets now, because I read you, I read you all the time, because you want me to. Step two, be cold. Don't go to sleep. Not yet. 
they want to see your eyes. Take one tablespoon of the oil. Eat it. Shut your eyes. Don't yell. Don't scream. Don't. The rest of this section was undecipherable. The ink that it was written in was smudged. The second section, as expected, was equally as strange. But seriously, right Broadway. Come on. Come on. The second section, as expected, was equally as strange. Oh, God. My head. The demons are angry in my head. All the super thilibans. The second section, as expected, was equally as strange, if not stranger than the first section. Questions ran through my mind. The oil? What oil was the pamphlet talking about? Did two people write the story? I feel like every once in a while, like, <laughs> he would just let his friend come in and say, okay, just write something crazy just to make people go nuts when they read it. The second section, let's expect the equally... Okay, perfect. Yeah, I love it. It just makes no sense to use that kind of language because it only happens every three paragraphs and then it just goes back to normal, boring prose. I mean, professionals professionally written pastas. The second section, as expected, was equally as strange, if not stranger than the first section. Questions ran through my mind. The oil. What oil was the pamphlet talking about? Why don't you ask it? <laughs> this was the part that confused me the most. Alongside the part that was smudged by the rain, I expected it would be some sort of brewed oil with a recipe for it. I had no idea where to start looking for the oil. Perhaps there was explanation in the next step. I pondered. Step three. Ah, shit. All right, I'm gonna attempt to read this how it looks here. Step three. Happy, 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 be happy. Start talking. Say how you are. You want to make them happy. You are happy. We are like, we like to happy with you. We like to happy with you. As I thought, there wasn't any inkling as to what the oil could be. Meth, 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 meth. It seemed that the author was on meth. Whoever he or she was, was obviously almost completely losing his sanity at this point because of methamphetamines. This obsession with almost chilling happiness was starting to freak me out, comma. And I closed the pamphlet and headed upstairs to my bedroom. I got underneath the covers and my head hit the pillow. Take that, you fucking pillow. Did you get pillow for being there for me in my head? I'm just going to check real quick because, uh, all right. 22 minutes. Yeah, it was supposed to be 7 minutes, 9 seconds. I am officially at 22 minutes of raw recording. I have no idea how long this thing will be when it's done, but it won't be 7 minutes, 9 seconds. I should be able to sue. Okay, so what was going on? Oh, yeah, pillow abuse. Take that, you fucking pillow. What, you fucking rat fuck pillow? I'm gonna hit you with my face. Oh, yeah, put my face in your place. I had the same dream I had last night. The only difference was... No, that's not the same dream if there's a difference. I had the same dream I had last night. The only difference was the man in green was closer. He was much, much closer. I woke up promptly in a cold sweat at 3.27 a.m. So specific, comma, and couldn't bring myself back to sleep. I had the sudden urge to go downstairs and read the pamphlet. I put on my Barry White records. Yeah, baby. <sighs> you look awful of like information and shit. I'm gonna spread you open and 
stick my eyes all up into your words. Aw, oh, yeah, I'm reading the fuck out of you, pamphlet. Oh, oh yeah, baby. Oh. So good. I am the walrus. My eyes are tired, baby. I am the walrus. That wasn't that funny. I saw the pamphlet on the table, but something was off. It was my pants. Oh yeah, baby. He knows. So good. Sometimes that happens and I just don't realize I'm not wearing pants. And sometimes I'll go a whole day not realizing that I'm not wearing pants. It's cost me a few relationships. Everything on my desk was very organized, comma. And I saw a small envelope on my desk. I rushed toward it and ripped it open. Inside was a napkin <laughs> with a crude smiley face scrawled hastily onto it. I remember specifically at this point the gravity of my situation. I had no recollection of making this note. There was no signs of a break-in. As far as I could tell, the beats in my heart began to move faster and faster as I approached the pamphlet. I opened it and on the first three steps there was the same crude smiley face scribbled all over. I caught my breath and held it for a moment before breathing out with a wheeze. I was, at this point, Terrified, shitting myself, terrified, shitting, clapping and shitting and clapping myself because I'm scared. The questions rushed through my head. Who the fuck was the man in green, comma, and more importantly, how did all these smileys get into my apartment? I began to read the fourth step. Step four. Do you see them? Look. I was beyond scared at this point. Look at what? I was confused and I was terrified of the monstrosity I had brought into my home. Hands shaking, I read the next step. There only had to be a few left, right? <laughs> left, right? Seriously, someone's fucking with me with the story. Step five. <laughs> they will say, hi, you've made a friend. You are not alone. You are never alone. My main question at this point was, who would say hi? Nobody was inside my apartment, as far as I knew. My heart was beating at a million miles an hour. Fumbling with the pages, I turned to the next and final step, which was not really a step, but more of a statement. Final step. You're never without your happy friend in your lung. You can sleep now without waking up. Creepy. You don't like that. The author's obsession with happiness was almost cruel to the reader. It was haunting, the way whoever wrote this put it. Somehow my heart beat faster, comma, and faster, comma, and Jay felt woozy. I was confused, terrified, and alone. The last thing I remember before blacking out was a raspy breathing behind me. I woke up two days later in my bed. Had it been a dream? The paper was nowhere in sight. I walked down to the kitchen, and my eyes lit upon the paper. It had been real. My heart sank. The sun was setting. Rubbing my bleary eyes, I picked up the paper and turned to the back. Scrawled on the back of the pamphlet was the following. Never alone, never alone, never alone. They're here, never alone. I don't like this. I'm not alone. I like you. I like you. I can see you, you, you little friend. I want to touch you. Now let me see you like I'm going to feel all of your little insides, my very special friend. Underneath the inscription. There was a smiley face, oh. And from behind me, I heard a raspy. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh dude, you can't do this, man. You can't write this. You can't make that happen, man. 
And from behind me, I heard a raspy, shallow voice. This is the Creepy Podcast. Pledge allegiance to the Creepy Podcast. All hail the Creepy Podcast. I'm in love with the Creepy Podcast. Creepy Podcast is not the father. Creepy Podcast has an amazing body. The Creepy Podcast is so very funny. The Creepy Podcast deserves all of your money and cookies. Yummy. This is the Creepy Podcast. Pledge allegiance to the Creepy Podcast. All hail the Creepy Podcast. I'm in love with the Creepy Podcast. Creepy Podcast is not the father. Creepy Podcast has an amazing body. The Creepy Podcast is so very funny. The Creepy Podcast deserves all of your money and cookies. Yummy. Damn it, I go to take a crap and you run back up in here. I'll take you out for an awesome steak dinner, you drunk person. Let's go. I have a friend that cooks at Outback Steakhouse. Do has to like it. Let's paint the town red with blood and brown with feces. Yet, let's paint the town red with blood and brown with feces. This pasta is called... Bonus room. <sighs> the length says huge. <laughs> the length of this is huge. This is going to take a while. I don't know why so many of these things have roots in childhood. It seems like a bad cliche at this point, <laughs> as opposed to the good cliche. Oh, remember all those good cliches? No, you don't. When I was a kid, there was this strange event, that odd creature, or the other thing that made me do something or other. Ooh, that's not normal. Uh, yeah, I don't know why so many stories start like that. For me, I can't explain this any other way than starting when I was little. <laughs> the night was warm. No. It's the crux of the entire thing, comma, and I uh, apologize in advance if it seems like I'm just following in the footsteps of others, but there is only one set of footprints. Because Jesus is dead, I killed him. This is real, dog. This is awful. I feel like nobody's going to listen because of where the story begins. When I was growing up, my parents would often take me out for pizza. It didn't have to be a special occasion. I didn't even have to be a good kid. It's more than they wanted a night out, and I came along for the ride. Julie's Pizza. Julie was awesome. She put on cartoons for me whenever I showed up, or sometimes the old 60s Batman show and repeats. This is where I was first exposed to video games, as there was always a cabinet or pinball machine waiting by the entrance. If you jostled them just right, like Julie would show me, you could even get free games. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at the machines. Sometimes my folks would even bring me there for lunch, comma, and let me play through while they'd go shopping or would undertake other boring parent tasks. Drink, 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 drink. I got good. Real good. My favorite game was Spy Hunter. And after that was Rampage, the games would change just as suddenly and mysteriously as they had arrived. Just due to rotation and whatever came in next was my new victim. I wouldn't stop until I beat them all. <laughs> or at least came 
relatively close. <laughs> I knew the theme music by heart and I could see the screens in my sleep. Sometimes I'd be somewhere else entirely when a flash of genius would pop into my head. Oh, that's how you skin a cat with the can. That's how you defeat the third boss. Of course. Count. As the years passed and I grew into my teens, I even started beating other kids. <laughs> oh, 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 jeez, I'm sorry, I just have, this story's giving me such a, such a sense of dread, goodness, they're setting us up for something, and I don't know, man, I'm just, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for it. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> In, out, no breathe, no life, okay, alright, said the asthmatic. As the years passed and I grew into my teens, I even started beating other kids in local gaming competitions. By this time I moved away from Julie's and into arcades. Oh, arcades, man, it's all downhill from there. It's all downhill from there. By this time I moved away from Julie's and into arcades. And I really feel terrible that I didn't think to go back at least once before the place closed and I could never see her again. She always seemed like she was crazy about me. At one of these competitions, I hit my highest score on any game. Sure, scoring was different from game to game, and having a million points on one might not be as important as having the same total on another, but this was different. <laughs> I actually made the numbers roll back to zero, which was something nobody there had witnessed before. I played a few different games and different challenges that day. Funny thing is, I don't even remember which one it was. Oh, that's dirty, dude. You don't even remember. You don't even remember which game you racked up all those points on, you bastard. Jiggle-o game player. He's a tramp, but I love him. <laughs> Breaks a new heart every day. I racked up prizes left and right, and though I felt bad when the other kids and teens would get dejected, I felt it was only fair that the best man win. There were even a few adults participating, and most of them didn't get as far as the rest of us. One guy, though, he didn't take it well. He was standing in a cabinet next to me, competing on a different game. I guess he didn't appreciate the little pew pew and boosh noises I was making under my breath. He asked me to knock it off twice. <laughs> the third time, when I started doing it again, I realized and he actually shoved me. Here I was, this lanky kid of about 13, getting pushed around by a fat Hairy dude with a cheese smeared Night of the Living Dead t-shirt. A couple of men in dark t-shirts and pants quickly came up on either side of the bully and quickly escorted him out of the building through the back. I had never noticed these guys hanging around, but was thankful. It was then approached that hairy dude with a cheese smeared Night of the Living Dead t-shirt. I was then approached by a third man dressed in a black suit, striped tie, and an ID badge that said, Harry Dude, official. Dead you alright, son? He adjusted my shirt roughly, pulled it back into place, and spun me around at the shoulders like he was inspecting me for contraband. Yeah, I think so, I stammered, actually trying not to cry. The man chuckled and patted me on the shoulder. Then he gently turned me back to the game I'd been toiling away on and started rubbing my shoulders. I felt a snake-like tongue enter my ear and start rewiring synapses in my brain. Here, you're going to lose a life if you don't. Hey, the piper! I... Here. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. Woo! Woo! Alright. Alright. Uh, um, um. 
Get us some ricochet. I'm telling you to get this line right. Don't even worry about it. Just give me a second. I'll be right there, okay? Alright then. Here. You're going to lose life if you don't pay attention. I put the incident behind me and continued through the game. All told, by the time they announced all the winners, I had nearly swept all the prizes. Pretty much everyone there hated my guts. And the kids who didn't were kissing my ass for tips, those tricks. I mean, and tricks. Some were convinced I had figured out cheat codes that couldn't be spotted. I didn't really want either group tagging after me at that point. I was tired, frazzled, and I could still see the faded ghost imprints of a hundred different enemies, especially when I blinked. Ooh, that's like video game PTSD, yo, for real. <sighs> hey, son. The official waved me down and approached from across the arcade. Behind him were the two bruisers who took that man out back and stuffed him like a salami. Oh my god, that was brutal. It was like one of those terrible movies in the jungle where they catch you and they're like, <laughs> look at these devices that are going to be inserted into uh, these fruits so you can have fresh juice. Hey, son. The official waved me down and approached from across the arcade. Behind him were the two bruisers who took that man out back. <laughs> I struggled to hold my awards. Mostly stuffed animals and unopened toy boxes. It was like carrying groceries home without the bag. There's a tournament next week. You're invited to compete. Huh? I don't know. I'm kind of tired. <laughs> it's a whole week from now. Don't be silly. The top prize is $500. And everyone who takes part is going to have a <laughs> chance to have their picture in electronic gaming monthly. Oh, I need a towel! Really? Yep, you get a bio and everything. They're thinking of coming up with a special name for everyone. Like, the Destroyer. The Destroyer. He gestured for the two other men to help me with my load. The Destroyer. <laughs> they each took handfuls of toys and tried to look as manly as possible while doing so. Oh, God. The Destroyer. <laughs> What's your name, kid? Kyle. Kyle the Destroyer, wouldn't that be cool? I guess. He has huffed this rag, Kyle the Destroyer. <sighs> the Destroyer. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Kyle the Destroyer. <laughs> Kyle the Destroyer. Kyle the Destroyer. Wouldn't that be cool? Kyle the Destroyer. Cool. The official handed me a page that had been folded over twice. The official handed me a page that had been folded over twice. As I held on to it, the thing <laughs> felt poor. Is this... Are you shitting me? This isn't a joke. Is this... Are you shitting me? This isn't a joke. Come on. As I held on to it, the thing felt warm. Kyle, <laughs> <laughs> like he had kept it in his chest pocket the entire night. Here's the information. Think about it. Think about it long and hard. Think about long and hard information. As I walked out of the arcade and found my mom in the parking lot, I unfolded the page. It was a flyer of sorts, touting the tournament. The printing seemed professional and kind of bland, but it was still kind of exciting. Be the first to play iBoy Plus. iBoy is the rudest, crudest robo kid on the block. That's right. Cool? <laughs> now he has to save his city from the invading forces of Duo Skull, the meanest, greenest monster from the planet Bogus. Be amongst the first to play iBoy, plus whomever gets top score walks away with the top prize. Details.
details of the date, time, and location followed, but that might as well have been Greek since I was entirely focused on the previous text. A new game? I'd be the first. I would have paid them for that experience. Oh, I would have paid them. I would have paid them dearly, like a deer pays things, because deers pay things in specific, very specific ways, and that's how I would have paid them dearly. By the way, I'm almost surprised when my two new manservants arrived with me. <laughs> I told her what had happened, and she thanked each of them for watching out for me. They grunted out formalities and acted a bit shy about being thanked, and then started oiling each other up and broke out the whips. I begged my parents to let me go right up to the very night before the event. Their point of view was that I had just been in a competition and it wasn't good for me to spend so much time obsessing about games. They were right, of course, and even though I knew it all the time, I still insisted they were being cruel and unfair and unreasonable and they should let me use the car because, you know, I got my two friends with me and we just want to go, go, you know, cruise the mall and go to the Dairy Queen. I need a blizzard. It's been a long day. I just won a competition and these guys are covered in oil and they're cold and we need to go to Ross and get them something to wear. Shit. What finally turned everything my way was the absolute promise I would save the top prize, the $500, and put it into the bank. My Hail Mary play worked, <laughs> and the appearance of caring one lick about my future was enough to get what I wanted. The tournament was held at a local venue that would rent rooms out to conventions. By the hour. Weddings and so forth. There was a large, colorful banner out in front of the cold metal and glass building that read, Game Tournament Free at Mutants. That alone seemed enough to draw a reasonable crowd, unless everyone had gotten the same flyer I had. But no one's flyer than me, yo. The man I had already met, the official, met my family at the door with a smile. I knew I'd see you here, Kyle. He patted me on the head. You must be the one he told us about. My dad shook hands with the official and grasped his arm. I really appreciate what you've done. Thanks for inviting him here. Where's I, boy? I stood on my toes and tried to pick the new game out amid the sea of cabinets and wandering passers-by. Oh, that's a secret. We don't want the reporters spilling the beans before we release it. The official smirked. You'll have to work your way up to that. We have a gauntlet of fun games, and the top five players get to see iBoy+. Plus. There's a special place at the back where the final championship will be held. I sighed and slumped my shoulders. Other games, I'd have to fight my way, tooth and nail, through a series of other boring, non-secret, non-exclusive titles before I could even look at what I'd come to play? The whole process seemed ridiculously complicated. Alright, who do I blow? At where do I start? Anywhere you want. The official gestured across the entire room with a swoop of his hand. There were only four games here that count towards the contest. Bottle. Rocket. <laughs> okay, come on. I know I have a dirty mind, but you have to see why it's being funneled, sword. It... I am being led, okay? Seriously. This was written for me. Like, seriously. I, I, this is only episode 10. There's no way I'm popular enough for them to actually write this stuff specifically for my show. But they are. <laughs> Bottle. Rocket. <laughs> Blob. Lobber. Stamp out. And lunch counter lunatics. Lunch counter lunatics. Lunch counter lunatics. Lunch counter lunatics. You'll find multiple cabinets with those games scattered throughout the area, right next to the meth stash. Just take what you need, because there's fucking plenty. Just play your best, and our computer mainframe will let us know if you get one of the top five scores. Wait by the cabinet, 
and one of our people will give you a silver token. You'll get a silver token. I didn't really catch much of that at the time because I was so spun from the five lines of trucker meth I'd just done off of somebody's throbbing. I can't. <laughs> There's some weird subtext in this that my mind is inventing. <laughs> oh boy. I really didn't catch much of that at the time, but I heard the game names and the bit about the token. I hadn't heard any of these titles before, but I wasn't concerned about it. Ooh, you naughty, naughty gamer. You don't care, do you, as long as you get to eye boy. Ooh, as long as I get to the eye boy. What you talking about, eye boy? Well, my mom and dad went off and left me to my own devices. I cut through the crowd in search of the correct games. I basically looked for anything with bottle, <laughs> blob, stamp, or a lunch on the logo. <laughs> Finding a blobber lobber game. I stood about a foot in front of it and studied the screen. The map was maze-based. Oh, so it's about corn. That's cool. I like corn. It's tasty. With the main character throwing blobs of various colors in order to stop an onslaught of different clear blobs that threatened him. The overall premise seemed obvious enough, so I approached the machine. As soon as my hand took the joystick, another team wedged himself in front of me and pried my hand free. He was a tall kid with thick glasses that were scotch-taped in the middle. I saw it first, he snapped. Since he had size on me, and this was only my first attempt, I moved on. Game check, punk. I eventually settled at a lunch counter lunatics game. I was doing exceedingly well with this one, as the premise was just as simple as the other one. I guided a little waiter around, giving the right orders to the right tables in yet another maze area. Little customers would demand things and change orders, or even tell me to send things back at random. It was no sweat, though, once I got the general flow of the thing. <laughs> Sounds like Burger Time, the hardest game ever. After each stage, the screen would shift to a top-down view of a plate, and I would have to assemble some sort of meal. These were mostly simple, but every two or three levels, I would catch something odd. Add lettuce, tomato, tomato, lettuce, onion, cucumber, lettuce. It was kind of like Simon says. Skin, Add tomato, skin, onion, skin, cucumber, lettuce, skin, skin, cucumber, tomato, tomato. I could have sworn that somewhere in there, I was selecting and dragging a hairy flap of human skin onto the product. It took me about three or four seconds after I complied to even realize what I had done. Then, after I got back into waiting tables, I couldn't even be sure it had happened. When I was finished playing the game, after it had gotten faster and faster and I couldn't get anywhere without dropping trays, the screen went black. The words, GAME OVER, came onto the screen in block letters. No failure animation, no wah wah music, just GAME OVER. There wasn't even an option to continue. I wasn't even sure if I'd gotten the highest score. But I knew I had a lofty one nonetheless. For this reason, I stood by the machine and waited to see if anyone gave me a silver token. The whole process seemed so questionable that I wasn't even sure how long to wait. Eventually, as others passed by and nothing seemed to be happening, I started to walk away. Alright! I turned around when I heard the excited voice of some little kid. I figured someone else had won and wanted to see what score they had gotten. Instead, I saw two people standing at the exact same game. Lunch Counter Lunatics game I had just finished with. The screen still read game over as a man in a black shirt and pants handed a gleaming silver token to a tiny little boy in a pink skater die t-shirt. The 
boy pumped his fist for a few times and ex- The boy pumped his fist a few times and excitedly stuffed the tokens into his jeans pocket. As I ran back to the machine, I called out, That's mine, I did that. I'm sorry, the man in the black shirt looked confused. That's my high score, that's my token. I don't think so. The man shook his head and gave me the look you give when someone's telling you an absurd lie. I just saw you run up here. Yeah, the little kid sneered. Before I could say anything else, the pink shirt boy disappeared into the crowd. The man was definitely in no mood to hear my complaints as he spoke into a walkie-talkie. Token three is out, he droned. Copy, came the crackling voice on the other end. Sir, that was my high score. That kid wouldn't have even been able to reach the controls. Come on. The man gestured me away dismissively and turned to leave. If you want to win a token, go win one the honest way. The word escaped my lips before I even knew what I was saying. I'd never uttered any profanity in public before, and I was way more shocked than anyone else could have been. Luckily, he didn't hear me. Or just didn't care. Now, I was pretty sure that I'd never be able to keep my own score. I was so high. It was so high. And that really seemed like the peak of what I could accomplish there. So I set out to try another game. After passing 10, 20 games with other teens and adults stuck on them like flypaper, I finally found myself standing at a stamped out cabinet. At this point, I would have settled for trying the same game, but even the one I had been on was now claimed again. Something struck me as odd now. Stamp Out was yet another maze-styled game. I took the role of the corn grower, you know, the one who grows the corn, and I grew corn. Boring fucking game. Stamp Out was yet another maze-styled game. I took the role of a postal carrier, delivering mail and avoiding hazards like dogs and road children. <laughs> delivering mail and avoiding hazards like dogs and rogue children on bicycles and flying monkeys and then, uh, I can't think of anything good. I played for as long as I could on that machine, taking every available power up and prize. I left no stone unturned in my quest to squeeze every last point out of this motherfucker. After a few rounds, the little mailman appeared at the center of the screen, facing me. Rage round! The game boomed. A tiny assault rifle appeared in the mailman's hand, and I let out a loud cheer. This was going to make the game a lot simpler. I delivered packages and letters all over the maze town. Look out, a dog. Blam! Dead. Here comes a kid on a bike. Blam! Dead. They troubled me no longer, and the points just kept racking up like crazy. Woman with a stroller. Blam! Dead. Police officer. Blam! Dead. A tip appeared on screen. Go full automatic by holding on the B button. Okay. As I did, I was told an entire. <laughs> I did as I was told, as an entire group of what looked like to be Boy Scouts headed my way in a great stampede. I'll be crushed, I thought. Blam, 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 blam. All the tiny pixelated bodies dissolved with crude 8 bit animations. I went back to bringing packages to all the houses that were probably empty by now. I wasn't even finished when a hand reached out in front of me. I looked down only for the briefest second and saw the silver token in the palm. Then I was back to blowing away suburban citizens. Keep going if you want. I'll leave this here. Don't lose it. The hand slapped the token down with a clatter. When I completed the tasks set out by the game, when everyone was dead and I had no more letters to give, the little mailman just stood on the sidewalk, looking out of the screen, at me. Commit suicide by holding the A and B buttons together. I accommodated the game's wishes and mashed the buttons. The little mailman raised the
seized the barrel of the rifle and put it into his tiny mouth. Bam! Welcome, Game over. That was, without a doubt, the best and most fun game I had ever played. <laughs> I want to play that game. <sighs> Welcome, champions. The official stood at the door to a secret room and read from a clipboard. <laughs> you five skilled contestants have proven yourselves worthy of our biggest honor. Behind this door, you will find the unreleased prototype of iBoy Plus. An all-new game that will soon be America's best-selling title. You will find the unreleased... I boy is in trouble. I boy plus. And only you can save him from the vile duo Skullman. You've shown that you have the fortitude and the moxie necessary to defeat this threat to us all. Now let's see you use it. The crowd behind the five of us let out a deafening cheer. As the official unlocked and opened the door, I looked at the others around me. The little kid in the pink shirt who stole my first token turned to the crowd and flexed his imaginary muscles. People awed at the antics of this little blonde bastard, his buck teeth only adding to his deceptively adorable exterior. Sounds like Pharrell. The guy with the taped glasses, the one who edged me away from blob blobber, was there too. He looked really disaffected and casual. As if all this was owed to him. Next to that guy was this teenager with an incredible crippling acne. This guy looked like just being alive at all was painful. And he sweated under the pressure. He dabbed his forehead and cheeks with some sort of medical grade tissue. <laughs> Lastly, standing a bit forward from everyone else, was a plain looking young girl in a full orange and brown plaid dress that was outdated and weird even then. Thick, dry, brown hair traveled all the way down her back and the hem of her dress nearly touched the floor. I couldn't for the life of me figure out how a girl had accidentally started playing an arcade game, but I was sure there must have been a mistake. I thought maybe she was holding her brother's place, perhaps, because I'm an asshole <laughs> douchebag. I'm a sexist, oh, chop off my penis, oh, no. The line into the room was saying anything but single file. I was quickly jostled out of the way as the others went in. The little kid was the only one weak enough to go in after me. And regardless of what he had done, I still felt bad for sweeping my body ahead of him. The inside of the room was dark. Scary dark. It was cold, too. The silence of that nearly pitch black place felt like being in a movie theater before the show starts. The off-putting nature of this absolute quiet forced all within to refrain from speaking. I looked toward the door I'd entered as the official locked it. I could barely make out his black-clad form. What's going on? The little kid piped up. The rest of us scolded in unison. It was as if we found ourselves in some sort of religious temple that required an observation of silence. We all felt it. The official passed by the five of us without a word and started turning on a row of arcade cabinets against the left wall. Each machine came to life with a click and the flickering screens nearly blinded us. The room filled with the dim, pale blue light of the screens. I turned to the opposite wall, the right wall of the room, just to let my eyes adjust. There. I saw a long mirror the entire length of that surface. It seemed like there was nowhere to look without seeing the light. This is a prototype version. The official finally spoke. 
his voice booming like that of God within this confined soundproof space. There are no sound effects yet, no music, so we'll be piping something in just to fill the void. A bit of the Ludic Vaughn, possibly? He gestured to the row of black cabinets, one for each winner. Pick a cabinet and get to work, bitch. I'm, I'm, pick a cabinet and get to work. We'll monitor your scores to see who gets the ultimate prize. Good luck. With that, the official disappeared through a second door at the back of the room. Acne was the first to walk up to a machine. It was the one on the far left. As soon as he made that move for it, glasses wished him out of the way in a manner I'd already experienced. I get machine number one. He snapped it. Acne silently settled on the second machine and was followed by the kid on the third. Lucky me, I was on the fifth and had to stand next to the girl on number four. I didn't like the fact that she smelled like fruit and kept letting out these angsty, high-pitched sighs. <laughs> Classical music began playing from an unseen source above. The entire room suddenly felt like an elevator. Within seconds, we were all playing iBoy Plus. The screen flashed a single phrase at me. Can you make it to the bonus room? Not surprisingly. The map was maze-based, completely comprised of the corn, but on a much larger scale. I could barely see the dot at the center of the screen that represented me. Was that iBoy? Who was to know? I shook my head with a snort. This was the first disappointment in what was sure to be a lame game I'd wasted my time fighting for. Suddenly the maze began to expand. The screen zoomed in at an incredible speed with the vector walls whizzing past in a dizzying volley of light and darkness. My head felt like it was spinning and I actually felt as if my feet might float off of the floor. When the image stopped zooming, there was the eye boy. Boom, a cloud shot, a rust, a dim. The best way I can think of to describe him is as a cross between Bart Simpson and Tron. He w- <laughs> you mean Mega Man? <laughs> Mega Man's adorable. I love Mega Man. He's so awesome. <laughs> The best way I can think of to describe him is as a cross between Bart Simpson and Tron. He was a slick-looking little robot guy with illuminated grooves along his body and a pair of brightly glowing eyes. His demeanor, his stance, it was the epitome of radical which so permeated the era. He stood there as if waiting for me to move him, silently defying me to prove I was a bad dude. I can't tell you much more about the game from that point forward. It's not a matter of keeping secret the details of an unreleased product, and I'm not trying to give everybody blue balls. I just don't remember much of what happened from there forward. It's not a cop-out, it's a blank, blurry smear on my brain and in my hair. What I can say is there was danger everywhere. I distinctly recall feeling scared out of my mind, a feeling fed by repeated shock moments where something would pop out from around a corner and be all in my hair. I knew that at one point the game switched to first person. The only reason I remember this is, I don't even want to say it, iBoy was walking down the corridor, and this tall, slow-moving shadow with long limbs and no visible head just kind of passed by in the distance. It walked across the opening at the end of that corridor in one smooth motion and didn't regard me at all. When I got up the courage to proceed, there was nothing there. Looking back at my life before then, I know I've seen that thing before arcades. When I was camping, the thing that passed through the trees, lit by campfire. When I had my fourth birthday party at McDonald's, that thing walked by behind the counter. I remember the lanky shade man constantly wandering around me on the fringes of existence. And I'm pretty sure it never really happened. 
Other than that, all I can recall is the much-touted duo skull. That's how he would be announced before his arrival each time. The screen would flash with such intensity that it made my eyes hurt, and the entire time the screen would just read duo skull. It was hard to concentrate when he would appear and ask questions, especially since the girl was constantly moaning, Oh my god, and oh no, what? Each question had two possible answers. Goals, skeletal, heads. Which do you like better? A, vanilla. B, chocolate. Hitting the corresponding button would give your answer. At which point the head that belonged to that selection would suddenly turn and grin at me. Which is better? A, winning. B, friendship. Which is more valuable? A, life. B, peace. Some of the questions didn't make sense like that. How could life and peace be opposing answers? It seemed to have no real effect on gameplay, yet I felt as if something, some unknown thing, would go incredibly wrong unless I was truthful. The little kid started screaming at some point, and I could hear a wet sound. <laughs> it didn't quite sound like he was peeing himself, but I could hear moisture and figured that's what it was. What do you think is better? A. Soldier. B. Doctor. Soldier, of course. I might have answered differently before, but now it seemed obvious. Acne started kicking his machine. He must have lost. Two down. Two left between me and the big prize. <laughs> Who would you kill? A. Mother. B. Father. I answered quickly. Oh boy. Uh, I need to pause for a second. <laughs> I answered quickly. Okay. I'm curious. I wasn't the least bit distracted by the girl as she started making weird guttural noises almost right in my ear. Was she getting sick? I didn't care. After I answered that last question, well, you're not going to tell me what you answered, you bitch. After I answered that last question, the screen would completely be like, it was as if someone had pulled the plug right out of my butt, right out of the wall. I could only blink in confusion as I saw my own reflection peeing, peering out at me from the machine's gold glass. I turned my head to the second door as the official entered once more. Come with me! He pointed at me. You, Kyle, follow me! Regretting that I wouldn't be able to finish the game and see Duo Skull get what he deserved, I begrudgingly allowed the. F oh, so many Freudian slips in this one. I begrudgingly followed the official through the door. We weaved around through another door after the official sealed the playroom once more. What happened? Did I win? Please tell me. I was eager yet hesitant to draw the man's ire. We ended up in another room. After making what seemed like a U-turn, there was a large span of dark black glass in the wall, and a few folding chairs sat around a bulky video camera. A woman, dressed in black like the official, seemed to be waiting there for us. She took a folding chair, faced it away from the glass, and gestured for me to sit. Here, stay still and be quiet! I watched the bare wall I had been told to face and tried to make sense of the situation. Had I done something wrong? Well, the official chuckled nervously. I'm pretty sure that wasn't supposed to happen. The room was flooded with light. The, ribbon, the woman drew in a heavy sigh. As curiosity got the better of me, 
I cautiously turned and peered over my shoulder. The two adults were looking at the glass, which now revealed itself to be a one-way mirror into the playroom. At once, I-boy cabinet. <laughs> at once, I-boy cabinet. The kid in the pink shirt was huddled on the floor, peeling away strips of his face as his eyes flicked left to right over and over again like he was watching a tennis match. His shirt was more red than pink now. Acne was still kicking his cabinet over and over and over again. He was working through the wood and metal to the electronics within. His foot seemed to hang loose and shattered at the end of his leg. Worst of all, though, the girl was desperately reaching for the controls of her cabinet, trying to continue playing as the guy in the glasses stood behind her. He had one hand on her throat, and the other was repeatedly moving back and forth from her mouth, drawing out blood-soaked teeth. I really don't understand it. The woman clucked her tongue. Don't worry, we'll try again. The official consoled her. The official then moved to a large red button next to the mirror and struck it with his open palm. In a split second, I heard a strange hiss followed by the flash of flames as the contestants, the game cabinets, the entire room started burning. It was the history eraser button. Not long after, the only thing visible behind the glass was a wall of fire. Parents? The official asked plainly. Traffic pile up, I suppose. The woman replied just as coolly. I had barely turned to face the blank wall once more when I heard the official turn on his heels and walk toward me. I stared forward, too terrified to look at him. He was on level 40. Complete saturation. Maybe he's the exception that proves the rule. The official cleared his throat and stood next to me. Code word. Shade man. Stand, Kyle. I did. Touch your nose, Kyle. Despite the fact I knew I could choose not to, and even though I had no idea what was going on, I did what I was told. Kyle, punch yourself in the face as hard as you can. That's when it clicked for me. I had seen any number of movies, comics, and cartoons where the villain uses some object to kick. Kyle, stick your hand up your own. <laughs> Kyle, paint my house, Kyle. Kyle, punch yourself in the face as hard as you can. That's when it clicked for me. I had seen any number of movies, comics, and cartoons where the villain uses some object to keep. I'd seen any number of movies, comics, and cartoons where the villain uses some object to take control of the hero's mind. Now I understood. I had gotten to the Bone Us room. They were going to bone us. That was it. And my real prize was continuing to live. I struck myself in the face as hard as possible, breaking my nose and drawing copious amounts of blood. My eyes filled with tears, my knees buckled, but I did not flinch and I refused to cry out. They bandaged my nose and let me go back to my parents soon after, and I knew better than to tell anyone what had happened that someone I told them I did those and that someone had elbowed me in the face while they played one of those punching in the face games. We were playing a game called Face Punchers. I didn't really think they were they meant it. I didn't I wouldn't play face punchers if I knew they were that was what you do. It's not a game. For decades, I've kept this completely to myself. Judging by web searches I've done, this is the first time anyone has publicly mentioned iBoy Plus or these strange events. Why would I divulge this? Knowing full well that it may result in my own death or worse yet, unending torture. It's because of the last thing I heard the official say before I ran back into my mother's arms. 
not caring who saw a teenager clutch to his mommy like an infant. Well, he opened the room up and ushered me out ahead of him. We should follow protocol nonetheless. Monitor, then take a look at that brain in a decade or two. I can tell that time is drawing close. The shade man keeps crossing my door. Original author, slime beast, tags, creatures, madness, paranoid, technology, video games, fisting, one of those I'm kidding about.